Hello, uh, this podcast is part of our tax podcast series. I'm Ian Hyde and I lead the tax disputes team in Osborne Clark. Today I'm with Matt Green, an associate director in the team, and we're going to be looking at some aspects of HMRC's information gathering powers. As always, we're trying to uh, avoid the dry technical detail and focus on the sorts of issues uh, taxpayers may need to think about when HMRC start asking for information or documents. Matt, um, having just promised um, to try and avoid the dry technical detail, could you briefly explain what the revenues powers are? Yes, sure. Uh, the main set of powers are in uh, Schedule 36 of uh, the Finance Act 2008. So it's a, a uniform set of powers across all the main taxes. Uh, uh, these are by no means the only provisions that give HMRC uh, the ability to get information from you. And we'll be looking at some of the others, I think, in later podcasts. But uh, this is undoubtedly the, uh, the, the most important and most frequently used uh, set of powers. So in simplified terms, HMRC have the power to issue a notice that requires a taxpayer uh, or a third party uh, to produce documents and information which they have or have access to uh, if that information uh, or documentation might be relevant to determining how much tax they should be paying. Uh, if you don't comply with the notice, you're at risk of penalties. Um, I mean, that's putting things very simply. Uh, there are lots of safeguards that limit HMRC's power. Uh, and working out what might be relevant can in itself lead to uh, all sorts of arguments. And I think we'll we'll probably come on to that in a moment. Yes, and when, when we say documents here, that's um, a very wide meaning, of course, and pretty much covers all electronically held information too. Now, um, the rules are a bit different here, I think, depending on whether HMRC are asking you for information about your own tax position or whether they're asking about information relevant to someone else's tax, um, what we tend to call third party notices. We'll be looking at those in more detail in future, but today I'd like to focus on taxpayer notices where HMRC is asking a taxpayer about their own tax. Now in practice, um, Matt, HMRC don't rush headlong into using these powers. Um, Normally, I think they would tend to ask you to provide information voluntarily first. Do you want to just give us some comments on that? Yeah, that's, that, that's right. I mean, the first point to check is whether it's a, a formal notice or, or what we call a precursor notice, uh, so an informal request. Uh, they can look similar, but it's important not to confuse them. Uh, HMRC normally asks for information on an, on an informal uh, basis first. and. Uh, we would usually uh, try and deal with, with it at this stage rather than uh, uh, get to the point where HMRC are issuing formal notices, uh, because I think HMRC will be more flexible uh, at the informal stage. And also, you know, you're not at risk of penalties at that point either. Uh, it's, it's still important to be aware of, you know, even if it is an informal request, it's still important to be aware of what the revenues powers are. Uh, so, for example, if HMRC are asking for something which they can't compel you to produce, uh, then it's a much trickier question you've got to decide whether you, you can or indeed should be uh, disclosing whether or not whatever it is that they're asking for. And that's really the core question here, isn't it, is when you get a request, what are HMRC asking for and uh, should I be giving it to mm. them? 
And perhaps I think the, the first issue, and the one I think we're going to focus on today, is figuring out whether a document or piece of information that HMRC has asked for is relevant. The statutory test is whether it's reasonably required. And it's important to remember when in information gathering mode, HMRC won't have seen the documents they're asking for. So they don't know for sure whether what they've asked for is actually relevant until they've seen it. But HMRC, unsurprisingly, don't want to let taxpayers decide for themselves whether something is relevant or not. Um, they want to be the judge of that. Yeah, that that's right. And and although uh, the revenue typically you know, accept that the burden is on them to show that the information is reasonably required, uh, the tribunal generally has a lot of sympathy for HMRC when it comes to determining this point. And, and remember, too, the issue is, is whether information is reasonably required uh, to check the tax position, not whether a piece of information uh, actually will ultimately affect the tax position. Uh, got an example for that? Uh, yeah, I mean, a basic example would be uh, bank statements. So you might know, uh, for example, that there's no taxable income or deductible expenses going through a particular account and nothing in the account is going to affect the, the tax liability. But the revenue don't know that. So it's, it's likely to be reasonable for them to want to check that this really is the case, especially if this is the first time that um, the revenue have looked at this particular business or individual. Um, and there'll be some types of information which are rarely going to be reasonably required. And I think this this is where it's you know, important to be clear. Um, such as? Well, I mean, one issue is where the revenue uh, are asking you for, for your opinion uh, or your your tax advisor's opinion on something. And that, that sort of information is unlikely to be relevant to the tax liability, so it won't be reasonably required. Um, obviously, an exception would be if, if, if there are issues around whether there was a tax avoidance purpose or uh, whether penalties arise, in which case opinions that were expressed at the time the transactions uh, were done, uh, then, then that might be relevant. Um, the same goes for uh, draft documents would be another example, unless HMRC think they shed some light on the accuracy of the final version of a document, or if the final version is missing, uh, then drafts uh, are rarely going to be reasonably required. Um, and also, I should add, there's the interaction with time limits. So if HMRC are too late to recover tax for a particular period, then information that is only relevant to that period is unlikely to be reasonably required. So I mean, there'll be other examples uh, too, but it's a big area. Yes, and a, a concern I think here generally is, but taxpayers often are often concerned about it, is whether HMRC is going on a so-called fishing expedition, asking for all sorts of documents and information in the hope that something interesting might turn up. So clients often worry about that. How do you how do you actually stop the revenue doing that? Yeah, that's right. I mean, a fishing expedition is perhaps easier to spot when you see it and, and quite hard to define. But again, it really comes down to what's reasonably required. So yes, something might be potentially relevant to the tax position, but realistically, how likely is that? So to give an extreme example, would it be reasonable for HMRC to request hordes of documents in order to check whether duly audited accounts are correct. You know, if there's no cause for doubting the accuracy of the of the audited accounts, then the answer to that is almost certainly going to be no. Uh, and looking specifically at direct taxes for a moment, if HMRC haven't opened an inquiry into a return and are too late to do so, 
then they've got to show that they have reason to suspect that there might have been a loss of tax. Yes, there's an interaction here with time limits, isn't there? If HMRC are too late to make an assessment or amend a return, then presumably the information isn't reasonably required. Yeah, that's right. And this typically comes up if if HMRC are looking into something that uh, you know happened over four or over six years ago. Uh, if HMRC have acknowledged that they're too late uh, to assess or amend a return, then they can't rely on their Schedule 36 powers. Uh, just as a caveat to that, though, it might be the case that uh, you know, a transaction or event that took place in a, what I'll call a closed tax year uh, still has implications for subsequent tax periods, which are in time. Uh, so, so I think in those circumstances, the revenue would say that, that the information could still be reasonably required. Yes, yeah, so that would be the case. Um... As, as we've seen in a sort of particular financing structure, say seven years ago, may still have tax consequences today. Um, lots of areas, I mean, most obvious recently has been diverted profits tax, I think. Yes, yeah. And then there are some extra hoops that, that HMRC have to go through if, if they're asking for documents that are over six years old, uh, mainly getting approval from, from an authorised officer within HMRC. Um, that, that's usually not too difficult a hurdle uh, for, for them, but it, but it is worth checking that it's been done. So, Matt, if I'm a taxpayer and I get an information notice asking for lots of documents, which I think are completely irrelevant, or HMRC are just on a fishing expedition, or just asking for too much stuff, what would you highlight as the most important things a taxpayer can do in response? Well, uh I mean, assuming we're at the informal stage, uh, which we talked about earlier, um, it's always worth talking to HMRC to see if they can narrow the request a bit or target it more precisely. I mean, one of the things we often see is that HMRC can sometimes be a bit naive about just how difficult it is uh, for, for taxpayers to access certain documents, you know, whether that's because of changes in software or, and IT systems over time, or perhaps the staff involved have all left, and, or there are just so many documents. Uh, so, you know, make sure HMRC understand those uh, the, those difficulties. Uh, however, if you've got a formal notice, it's still possible to try and agree, you know, a reduced notice, but just beware of time limits. Uh, so if, if you if you do challenge the scope or validity of a, a formal information request, by all means, discuss it with HMRC, but just make sure you protect your position and appeal, if appropriate, within the the 30-day deadline. Otherwise, you could lose your opportunity to challenge the request in the tribunal if the revenue don't agree to modify it. Yes, and where HMRC have been vague about the nature of the inquiry, um, I, I, I think asking HMRC to clarify why they need particular documents can also help you work out what uh, they're looking at. Um, it's also worth, I think, looking at whether there are other grounds for challenging information requests when we focus today on the really important test of reasonably required. But there are lots of other grounds for challenge, which we'll hopefully cover in future podcasts. I'm thinking in particular here about um, legal privilege and also whether documents fulfil the condition in the legislation that they must be in your possession or power. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I would also add that it's not always in your interest to give HMRC the you know the bare minimum that, that they can legally ask for. Uh, we 
talked in, a, in an earlier podcast about progressing HMRC inquiries. And in some circumstances, uh, it is useful uh, to be proactive and provide HMRC with extra information or documents which help explain your position. Uh, even then, it's still important to think about you know, what, what are you legally uh, obliged to provide, especially if you might be disclosing information which is, for example, confidential between you and a, a third party. Yes, commercial agreements and data protection rules um, typically permit disclosure if it's required by law. So it's important to know whether HMRC's request is in, in fact lawful. I mean, that's a that's a podcast in itself and something we'll be picking up, I think, um, in the uh, later podcast we'll be covering when we're covering third party notices where it comes up quite a lot. Um, well, thank you, Matt. That's all we have time for now. Um, I hope you found this discussion interesting. In future podcasts, we'll be looking at some of the other issues that crop up when HMRC are seeking information from taxpayers. Uh, But for now, uh, goodbye. Goodbye.